feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon while balancing on top of a teeter-totter. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, your host, Dana Look Arimoto. Today's guest is not only someone very special to me and a friend, he's a musician, a composer, a producer, a musical educator, and he is the founder of Music Together San Francisco, which is a 20-year-old early childhood music program serving hundreds of Bay Area families every week, and they have national and even international ties. So I'm going to welcome my producer. We're going to do an inside-out stay-at-home episode, Paul. Hey, Dana. Producer Paul here. Thanks for having me since I'm already here. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have some fun today in this climate of not having so much fun. So we, in our pre-show, talked about three of the five facets that you have. Really cool, really authentic stories to share with our listeners. And we thought, why not do an inside-out episode? We're people, too. Sounds good. We're experiencing what you're all experiencing, which is some chaos, some fear of the unknown, some silver lining, and different things depending on minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Is that fair, Paul? I'd say definitely. So you shared with me some really personal stories that you are willing to share with our listeners. So we're going to start with the career facet, then we're going to move to the family facet, and then we're going to move to the community facet. You actually have settling smarter stories in real time happening right now in the midst of uncertainty and pandemic. So talk to us about what shift you're seeing in career. Sure thing. So as you mentioned in the intro, I've been operating an early childhood music school in the Bay Area for 20 years now. And this school serves families, 12 in a class, and it's usually the parents or the caregivers with children under the age of five. They sit around in a circle on the floor, they play instruments, they sing, they dance around with scarves. It came out of Temple University in Philadelphia and early childhood research, which uh, specifically focused on newborns up to age five and how they learn. And of course, discovered that they learn by imitating their primary caregivers. And they don't actually learn what the caregivers do. They learn their emotional propensity towards attempting a subject. So, Parents who want to have their children become musical human beings, all they have to do is show up to our classes and try. They don't have to be the best musicians. They don't have to be the best singers. In fact, most of them have had some kind of experience, you know, where their third grade teacher told them just to mouth the words or they were traumatized by having to do piano lessons and hated it, uh, which is most of the American population. Um, but they know music is good for us. They've read all the studies that music helps uh, children with pattern recognition, with brain development, and all kinds of good stuff. So all they have to do is try, and the kids imitate them trying. And then the kids can make their own development and develop their ear, develop their singing, etc. And that's what we do. Now, you can imagine with the coronavirus outbreak, we were in one of the first 
lockdowns because you couldn't have people with small children getting together in church basements and yoga studios, sitting, you know, just a few feet from each other, touching the same, you know, percussion instruments and scarves and just breathing the same air. It was, so it was an immediate lockdown. This put our whole business uh, in peril instantly. We have teachers that rely on us. We're paying rents all over the city. And we have these families who often, this is one of the only scheduled activities they have in their week because this is, most of our clients are pre-preschool. So it was a big shakeup. So Paul, when that moment hit and you realize we have to make the shift literally immediately, tell us and our listeners, what did you all do as a business to make the shift to go virtual. Our first move was when Governor Newsom announced the stay-at-home order. Uh, and actually, San Francisco itself went into a um, declaration of disaster. And so San Francisco was ahead of the rest of the state, or Los Angeles and San Francisco were ahead. And we had to cancel all the remaining classes of the semester that we were in, which was winter semester. Now, fortunately, we're actually two days before the end of our winter semester. So the first thing we had to do was simply send cancellation notices. Now, our clients were probably well aware of the situation, but we didn't get specific. We did say due to, you know, coronavirus and stay-at-home order, we're canceling our classes. The next thing we did was to postpone the beginning of our spring semester, which was supposed to start in mid-March. My business partner at first said, well, let's postpone it by two weeks. And I, I overshot because I just thought, whatever we're hearing, this is going to be a longer situation than anyone is predicting. And so why have to postpone twice? Why not? Let's just give it a month. Let's just say we're not going to start until mid-April. And that will cause um, our clients to not inquire as much, not worry as much, and just be, okay, that's one thing I can tie a little ribbon on it. Music will start in April. I don't have to worry about it. Well, that quickly um, became a moving target. And, but we began hearing from all around the country that um, the classes were being moved online. And a funny anecdote about that is that we attended a webinar with all the national program. There were a thousand uh, center directors in the webinar and guess what? Within about 30 seconds, the webinar crashed. You know, it, the, the folks operating it out of our mothership in Princeton, New Jersey, you know, had never encountered this, this quantity of people trying to access the same conference. Not a, it was not a great indicator, you know, of how this was going to run online. There were indications that people were going to use Facebook Live as their outreach. And I took a look at that, and it looked pretty much like it was going to be a one-to-many situation. So mostly, it's, it's really going to be like a YouTube. People are tuning in. Now, the one thing that is really specific about our audience is that these parents are not that interested in screen time for their kids. So not only are your modern parents less interested in exposing their kids to a lot of screen time under the age of five. But the type of parents that sign up for our program recognize that um, the human interaction, that human activities, physical activities with each other, 
uh, are really beneficial to early childhood development. So they're, I would say that they're kind of low on the scale of putting their kids in front of a screen and just leaving them there. So this was the immediate reaction. They were going to be like, we don't want our kids to have more screen time. And we, and we were really aware of that. And I was kind of like, wow, this is going to be a hard sell. So this is like the toughest of circumstances in a compressed amount of time and really nothing you could have been ahead of. So disaster recovery plans and crisis mode and plan B, plan C, plan D that a lot of businesses, regardless of business type, have in place for things like force majeure or pandemic or, you know, major catastrophe or even recession, this isn't like any of that. So it doesn't sound like you could have anticipated any of these things. You simply had to react and move. It was interesting because I have been in the kind of founder emeritus role and CFO and, but I've been doing that remotely. I'm not living in the Bay Area anymore. And I've been pursuing other activities like producing your podcast. And um, my business partner was in the trenches. You know, he's in San Francisco. He's hiring teachers. He's training teachers. He's negotiating leases. He's schlepping equipment and cleaning supplies back and forth. Um so what happened was I was, I was, you know, kind of catapulted back into the thick of running the business and we, and the silver lining for us, for me particularly, and I haven't gotten to tell him this, he might be hearing it on the air for the first time, but a true silver lining was we got to really work together hand in hand, which we never had done. He had taken over the operations from me two years ago. So we worked hand in hand and it was really on the phone all day long, you know, writing, drafting, testing softwares, reading other people's experiences, throwing ideas out. And what we landed on was Zoom. So with Zoom, you know, we discovered that it was not going to be one to many like a YouTube. It was really going to be people could see each other on screen. And for our applications, it was perfect. We were faced with the following task, which was retool our entire week's class structure, convince several hundred, two to 300 parents that this was not going to be screen time and that the major reason it wasn't going to be screen time was because of them that they as the adult had to be involved, just like in our classes. They weren't going to just set the kid down in front of the, the computer. They had to be there and they were going to do what they do, which is move their body, clap along, sing along, and model musical behavior for their little one. And three, teach the teachers who were musicians, theater people, and they were used to being in a room with people. And now we had to show them how to put that across for their little computer camera and connect up either through talking directly to the students through the chat window, um, how to shrink down their activities. They had to be able to demonstrate whatever it was they were doing, whether it was small finger play. So for listeners, if you picture, you know, using your two hands together to imitate little blackbirds and being like two little blackbirds sitting on a tree, you know, and, and 
um, you had to do that small. Everything has to be small for the camera. Um, how to set up a background so that there's not a lot of distracting information. How to look their best on camera. How to do a class in 20, 25 minutes instead of 45 minutes because we found that the attention span, the Zoom, you know, moment really was best at 25 minutes. So, uh, and then launch it. And, um, little pat on our backs, we were able to do all of that and get it launched within 10 days. So this is a remarkable story. And I'm just thinking about myself as a parent of 16 and 20 year old daughters, one of which was in your class many moons ago. So I can really attest to the fact that what producer Paul is talking about works. I'm also feeling a little jealous that I'm not a kid or a parent with a small child anymore, because I think we could all use a little bit of this right now. So can we put in the show notes, a link to what you're talking about in terms of how your beautiful instructors and teachers have morphed into being in the small screen so that maybe even adult listeners that just want to get up and move their body or, you know, emulate the teacher. Could, could we all do that? Absolutely. Glad to see you too. For every parent that was totally skeptical and wanting to get their money back and wanting to quit, there was one parent who was like, wow, this is a godsend. We are stuck here in our houses now with our kids and we need to connect up with our teacher. We, we, we miss our music teacher. You know, she, our, my daughter misses her music teacher. And so, so that was really cool. They really needed something. They wanted something and they wanted something more interactive, you know, than again, than just like putting them down in front of passive screen time. We're doing intermittent dance parties and I attended one uh, from some DJs that I knew from like the Burning Man scene and on Saturday night they did a big DJ party and and it's very clever what they did they were using a software called MixLR which uh, streams live music from a DJ so um, I guess you could liken it to something like Spotify except that there's a DJ on the other end and they're making that playlist right as as you're sitting there as if they're spinning in the club now here's the cool part. They were using Zoom as the video, but instead of using Zoom for video and audio, because if you had 200 people at that party, it would get pretty clunky. And so they were using Zoom with mute all, and, and that was the video. And then they're using MixLR, which is a really high-end, elegant delivery. It's free and uh, for your audio, so you could, run MixLR simultaneously, pump it up into your sound system, and then watch all these cool people all around the world dancing to the same music. So before we wrap up this segment, you know, because you're my producer, I want to play fact versus fiction, and we're going to do it for the career facet, and we'll move into your family facet story and what happened and what's happening. And again, we're so appreciative of you sharing these stories. Everyone can relate to pieces of what Paul is saying and the way we're being called to think outside of the box and operate in this relatively new, potentially new norm. So fact versus fiction from your career facet. If we 
are fixed in our thinking about how a company must run, even when obstacles are thrown our way, we won't be able to shift fact. Fact. And you the opposite. Throw out Phenomenal. is that in the end, we had very few cancellations. We had really happy comments from our um, parent population. And uh, the classes are going great. And I tap in on them. I can sneak in and just be a fly on the wall without video. And um, the adoption is high. I can see the families in their rooms dancing around and doing what, what they need to do. So it was, it's been very successful. I may even like play futurist for a minute because, you know, it's my show. Why not? I wonder if this is a new business model or a transformational business model. And you may find later that some clients prefer this model. Maybe some prefer face-to-face and live when things, you know, shake out, but maybe not. Who knows? I'll be curious. We've been thinking about it because obviously it's a great business model, uh, but also parents from outside the San Francisco area can attend the classes, actually. So parents that have moved away or families where there's uh, the kid has a sniffle, the nanny has a sniffle for whatever reason, uh, uh, kids with allergies, extreme allergies, they could actually attend classes. This is really a way to streamline and then adapt some things for all businesses and this is just another beautiful example let's talk about your family and i'd love to hear about the decision you and your incredible wife made to support your son sure so we have a college-age son who grew up with your daughter and he is in new orleans at loyola so on the eve of the breakout, uh, we began getting the messages that there were closures going on, the dorms were going to close, and we contacted him immediately. We, we were like getting ready to book a flight uh, home to the Bay Area, and uh, he said, no. <laughs> he said, uh, I have a chance to move two blocks from campus to a friend's small house. And you guys already told me not to come home for the summer because we told him, you know, after freshman year, you're going to stay in New Orleans, get a job. I don't care if you're washing dishes in a restaurant, play some music, go out on the street and busk in the French Quarter. I I don't care, but you got to go do life. And so he had made an arrangement to live in somebody's house and he said, no, I, I, I wouldn't go. He'll have me now. I could move there now. I want to do it. And because our kids are really close, which again is just another perspective we have with each other, which is why this episode is inside out. My daughter, as you know, has also chosen to stay in her situation now online in school and with roommates in San Diego. They're doing life. How about it? So I really struggled with that myself and somehow felt like because I supported her decision, I was potentially making a mistake, doing something wrong, being an irresponsible parent. You know, you run the tape. However, I'm going to ask you, you get to go first. Fact versus fiction. By supporting them to do life, we're actually being great parents. Fact all the way. Thank you. 
hopefully they don't they, they don't get coronavirus. Now they are 20 and they're totally invincible. And it's I really experienced it when we when we encountered this decision and this discussion, which wasn't much of a discussion. He was pretty Im, immovable. Um, at that moment, New Orleans had no cases uh, or no public cases. And uh, we went for it with a condition. And it was that, you know, if cases start developing, if anyone he knew got the disease, he would be willing to fly home. Of course, he didn't like that either. He pointed out that him going to an airport was going to be bad, being on a plane was going to be bad, bringing exposure to us, and we're in our 60s, and I have uh, asthma. So it was all going to be bad. So we just we didn't take it to the mat. We tabled it, but that was our idea. Well, guess what? Within that week, New Orleans exploded and became like the third largest hotspot in the country. Well, fortunately, his roommate's parents live two hours out of the city in the area of Lafayette. They run a very successful recording studio there that's recorded the likes of B.B. King and Dr. John and the Neville brothers. And um, they invited the boys for the weekend to get out of New Orleans. And this was just around as it's exploding. And the boys were smart enough to go. And um, they've been there ever since. Silver lining listeners, everywhere you look, if you open your eyes and your heart and your ears, it's there. Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, settlesmarter.com. To find Dana Look Aramoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look, Arimoto, and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, stay home and keep safe.